For those of you who listened to the podcast a few weeks ago, you will remember me saying that I was going to put an offer on my Month to Manifest program. Month to Manifest is the easiest manifestation course on the market right now. My intention when creating this course was allow it to be easy, simple, time efficient, like I'm not about things that take me a lot of time or I just won't do them. So this requires at the most five minutes of your time a day to be able to really hone your intentions on a daily basis. And not only that, one of the things we have done is to create a community of like-minded people where we meet once a month on a live and we set our intentions for the month ahead. It is so powerful and you'll get to meet those like-minded people who share in your joy and in your love of manifestations and we all lift each other up. It is so amazing. I love it and I would love you to join. One of the things that I have always wanted to do as well is to make this affordable and not only is it affordable every day but I am also giving you a discount on that right now. All you have to do is DM me the word manifest on Instagram and I will send you the unique discount code. Come and join us. Welcome to the Unbreakable Mindset Podcast, your burst of weekly inspiration to keep your mindset on track to manifest your greatest desires. I am Jude Don't, your host, a world-renowned mindset coach, helping my clients and now you, the listener, to break free of the mental struggle, find contentment, meaning and purpose in your life. As a pre-warning to this episode, I want to make you aware that there are sensitive topics discussed around mental health, um, suicide and eating disorders. So if you are sensitive to this information then please feel free to skip this episode so my little podcast is now two months old roughly thereabouts this was a podcast that I'd wanted to do for a while in terms of telling you a little bit about my story into life coaching something really big has happened in my business and it feels like do you know what the two have aligned where I want to tell you a bit about both of those things. So let me start by telling you my journey into life coaching and how it kind of came about. Now, I'm going to take you back to when I was 11 years old. Okay, so I was 11 years old and you might have, might have dropped little bits of this into the podcast before, but this is kind of the full story. So 11 years old, just got into big school I did primary school and then secondary school, so I didn't have a middle school. And primary school was amazing. Like, the people that I met there are still my best friends now. But what happened in year six, I got put on a different table. And what I kind of noticed was that I felt like I wasn't smart enough to be on the other table with my mates. And then I get into secondary school and it's confirmed, okay? Now, that first year in secondary school, year seven... I was 11 and it was painful. Okay, this was my journey into anxiety and depression. Quite severe, I would say. Well, it felt severe um, and it definitely felt like a dark time. I would wake up and I'd have pains in my tummy. My mum was lovely, like just the, the, the most adorable, kind-hearted woman. And 
if I'd said, oh, mama, don't feel very well, she'd go, petty, you want to stay off? And I'd go, yeah. And and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to play it, play it at this point, you know, like I did genuinely have pains in my tummy. And obviously the more time I spent off school with these, what I thought were pains in my tummy, the less that I wanted to go back. So it made those pains worse. So for a year, back and forward, I went to the doctors. They sent me to a hospital, which kind of resulted in them giving me um, an endoscopy and putting a camera down my throat and seeing what was going on. And I had the start of an ulcer. Nobody kind of thought that it might be anxiety or depression at that point. So I think just being forced to go back to school, I kind of had to deal with it. And I'd just have bouts. I'd have bouts of really, like, you know, sad times and then times where I was fine. Scroll on to about when I was 15, I eventually got diagnosed with depression and got put on antidepressants, which was kind of a relief because at least I felt like, yeah, somebody would give us this label. They'd give us this label of being, so I knew a little bit what was going on, you know, or I don't feel great. Okay, well, it's because I'm depressed. Yeah. Now, I'll probably do another podcast on that in terms of why that's so bad for your mental health, I think, to have a label, but we'll we'll carry on with the story for now. There was comfort in that I took antidepressants. A friend of mine who was like, you know, one of my best mates would like come and pick us up in his car and make sure I was okay and I like look after me. So I felt like I had somebody I could talk to. But what would happen was we would end up kind of falling in love and and he was my first love. So this like, oh God, well, you know, when you're in love, you kind of come out of, of depression and it changes your outlook. You've got hope and you've got something to look forward to. So amazing, I'm coming out of depression. I feel really good. Um, I've got this new boyfriend who, you know, picks us up from school in his car and like it was... It was one of those like dream teen scenarios and we absolutely fell in love and we got engaged and, you know, it was very much quite a an intense relationship, especially for a young age. Unfortunately, what happened was I'd started to come out of my depression and what I didn't know was he was going into it. We'd been together coming up about a year and um, he committed suicide So not only did it send me spiraling, you know, way back into a depression, but further than that, and now I'm I'm grieving. So there was a good few years for me where I'm just existing, you know, like my whole world has been torn apart. The rug has been pulled from underneath me. You know, if I had any limiting beliefs at this point, they were all confirmed. My fear that if something good happens, something bad follows. So it was pretty tough and a pretty tough time to go through that, especially at such a young age. I somehow muddle through. I drop out of sixth form because I just can't concentrate. It's just, yeah, it's absolutely, you, you know, painful kind of being in that space, but also everyone knowing kind of what I'd been through. And I just felt like I was torn between feeling like I had to be sad all the time, but feeling that, you know, I wanted, you know, if, if somebody made us laugh in class, I'd laugh and then feel like, God, I shouldn't be laughing. Anyway, so it was just awful and I ended up dropping out, but I started college a year later. In this time, um, I'd had various forms of therapy, whether it was for depression or whether it was for bereavement. So I don't know, at this point, maybe I'm about 17 and I've probably seen like maybe six or seven kind of therapists at this point, but nothing worked. 
So I just carried on. I just thought, you know what, this is going to be my story. I'm going to have anxiety. I'm going to have depression. This is absolutely going to be my story. And it wasn't, wasn't really unheard of in our family, you know, like mum was on antidepressants. My dad really struggled um, with his anxiety. He'd had a stroke at 39. So, you know, it was, it was commonplace. Scroll on through college and, and then I get, you know, jobs that I absolutely love. You know, I wanted to work in retail. I wanted to work as a merchandiser. And um, by the time I'm 23, I start working for a big retailer and I get a really good job, like a ridiculously good job for my age. I've got like a company car. I've got a team of five people. I cover half the country. I've got, you know, someone up in Scotland, someone in Birmingham, someone in Manchester, someone in the Northeast, someone in Ireland. And my job was to kind of go around and, and, and visit these guys and make sure they, they knew what they're doing, but also that the stores knew how they should be set up and, and how they could make more money. So that was kind of in a nutshell, my role, not to go into too much detail. I'm 24 at this point. If we'd go straight back to when I was 11, feeling like I wasn't good enough, feeling like I wasn't smart enough, struggling with my mental health, this came back like, you know, like a kick in the teeth, basically. Because I never dealt with any of it, you know? It it just, I was given antidepressants. I was, you know, given coping mechanisms, which just didn't work, you know, really kind of like surface level stuff in any of the therapy I got nobody kind of did any of the deep work that I now know what you know that I needed so I get this job I am earning a good wage I've got my own flat like I'm doing pretty well but that was not the story that I told myself and I used to wake up every day thinking oh my god I've got to drive to Peterborough today and what was if I get there and I don't know what I'm talking about? Like there was severe imposter syndrome now and it was crippling. My anxiety and depression now manifested as some sort of eating disorder. What I would do was I would be obsessed about what I was going to eat for my lunch, what I was going to eat for my dinner and I would restrict myself but then I would also gorge myself and make myself sick. It was pretty, pretty tough because now I've got I've got this eating disorder, like, this was not meant to be my story, like, we'd had depression in our family, I'd had a bereavement, you know, this, God, now to be smacked in the face with this, it just felt like something else, and the only person I really talked to was, like, a couple of friends, and I talked to my mum about it, and this was probably the one time I think my mum felt so out of her depth, because we just didn't have that in our family, we didn't have eating disorders, we had depression, yes, but not eating disorders, we couldn't talk about it. She couldn't advise us. So it wasn't really anything we spoke about. She worked at a doctor's. Um, so she tried to get us a few leaflets and things like that and numbers. But at that time, there wasn't much support for bulimia. I mean, thank God, because it forced me to a different route. I spoke to a friend about it and she said, oh, you know, such and such a seen a life coach. Why don't you try that? I thought, God, I'll try anything at this point. Like, I just felt so out of control. I contacted this life coach and thankfully, you know, it wasn't anything she'd dealt with before, but she'd said, you know, come on, let's let's give this a whirl because it sounds like it's not the eating disorder. It's, you know, that's the outcome. So let's go deep into kind of what's going on. And I think I had all in all, maybe about 10 sessions with her. And I'll never forget, you know, like one of my first sessions, I was rushing to go to the session and I parked my car, the sessions were at a house and I parked my car 
got out and I remember we were sat talking about how like you know I was just I guess you know when you've got really bad anxiety and depression you've really got like a foggy mind and you know sometimes you struggle to concentrate sometimes you struggle to focus and as we're talking about this being forgetful and all that type of thing she looks out the window and she was like oh my god is that your car I hadn't put my handbrake on and the car had rolled into a tree. Luckily, the curb had slowed it down. So it was just touching it. It was fine. But you can imagine. I mean, it broke the ice like it was hilarious. Um, it wasn't, you know, the car wasn't damaged. So it was it was funny. So that's kind of, you know, I was I was in a pretty bad state when I went to see my life coach. But that turned the dial for me. It really, really did. I just felt like because we'd actually gone deep on the type of things that were coming up for me, you know, I I had imposter syndrome, I was struggling with not feeling good enough. And I just sat with those feelings a lot of the time and I didn't do anything about it. And, you know, I talk a lot about if you follow me on Instagram about, you know, don't believe your thoughts. I did. You know, from the age of 11, I believed all of those negative thoughts that came into my head and I tried not to question. Well, I, I didn't try. I just didn't question any of them. So life coaching told me something completely different. I would say scroll on 10 years and not only was I, you know, absolutely doing amazingly well in my career, um, you know, the trajectory was great in terms of the jobs that I was doing and how much I was enjoying it as well. And yeah, it was very, very successful, my life coaching journey. And then I decided to embark on a coaching diploma myself because I thought wow you know if that's what it can do for you you know I never thought I'd get rid of my depression I just thought it was something that I don't know it was like inherent you got it like you know if you were allergic to milk and you'd always be allergic to milk then maybe I'd always have anxiety because it ran in my family I just I genuinely thought I'd have to live with it and I'd just have these bouts of depression and you know you just have to scroll through somehow and life coaching made me realize that there are coping mechanisms there's things that you can do when you know your triggers there's coping mechanisms you can put in place so scroll on 10 years and I hadn't had any signs of anxiety coming back and I decided that yeah if that's what it could do for me and if I could do that for even one person like wow how like I could, I could well up thinking about it, like, because th- that's what I do now. Like if I could do that for one person to take away their anxiety and their depression, like how powerful is that? So I embarked on my journey of becoming a life coach, which was significant in itself because that meant me going back to doing something academic, which, you know, again, scroll back to when I was 11, I didn't feel smart enough. I didn't do well at school. The irony was that I I did my life coaching journey to, to be able to help people with their mental health. And I think for about a week, I was on the floor crying every night doing this diploma because it took me back to that time. That time where, you know, I got red marks on my work saying, please see me. And I got bad results. And yeah, it all kind of came flooding back. Luckily, because I was doing a life coach certification, you get a, a mentor and I was able to talk it through and I came out of it in less than a week. You know, that's as much as it affected me. But it was still such a huge thing. Like, 
I got top marks in my certification. I'm 32 and my mum's shouting about us to my colleagues at work because I'd never gotten A in anything. I'd never got top marks and here I am at 32, finally getting, you know, decent results on, on something academic. So it was a big, big deal. Okay. So then I started my life coaching journey and over the last, so that was 2014, And in that time, I've developed a framework called the Unbreakable Mindset Method. It's something that I'm incredibly passionate about. And I got it trademarked as well because the the methodology that I use is all the tools that I use on myself on a daily basis. And when something becomes, um, you know, something that you do every day becomes habit and then it just, you know, you do it without thinking. So although I'm saying I do these every day, it's not a conscious thing anymore. It's subconscious. It's subconscious reprogramming. Okay, and that's how I am able to live a life without anxiety, live a life without depression. So within that methodology, that's what I now work with on my clients. So clients come to me if they're struggling with their mindset, if they're struggling with not feeling good enough, whatever it is. I mean, there are so many different outcomes that people want as part of their coaching goals. But in terms of what's really underlying for for the most part for nearly everyone it's either the feeling of not being good enough or not being able to cope with their anxious thoughts so it's really really powerful stuff and I am incredibly privileged to do the job that I do you know I pinch myself every day so the big thing that happened in my coaching business this month that I wanted to share with you was is that I have decided to open up an academy because the methodology that I now use with my clients wasn't something that I learned on my coaching diploma. It was work that I did and developed through working with clients and knowing what triggers they have and what coping mechanisms they need. So I realized that I had something pretty special that you don't get on a standard uh, life coach certification. So I have decided to open up my own coaching academy. I made sure that it was accredited by a governing body as well. So it's a level four diploma equivalent certification. It's amazing. And the, and the reason why I'm telling you about it, A, because I'm shouting about it. And, you know, if, if you've thought about becoming a life coach, then, you know, please do drop me a message. I'm going to be running a masterclass on how to com- how to become a life coach. And I'll pop the details in the show notes. But yeah, do drop me a message if you are interested in becoming a life coach. But the reason why it's so significant is because this is like the next level in my head of like, mind-blowing mind-blowing and to think that when I first started my diploma in 2014 sorry it was 2013 I got my certification in 2014 so back in 2013 when I decided to become a life coach it was scary and I was thinking oh my god what was if I fail what was if I can't do this to now think that 2022 you know not only have I done it and achieved it and I and love the work that I do and the clients I get to work with but I now get to pass on that framework and that methodology to other people that want to become life coaches is a very big pinch me moment 
This was a, a podcast that I've wanted to do for a while to tell you my story into life coaching, a bit about the work that I do with clients and to absolutely shout from the rooftops that I now have um, a coaching certification academy. So if you want the details for that, it'll be in the show notes. Wherever you are on your mental health journey, whether you are in positive mental health or negative mental health, I just want to say that it is absolutely possible to maintain positive mental health for the long term and to know when you're slipping and to know what you need to pull it back. I am proof of that, but my clients are also proof of that as well. So keep listening in. You're going to hear more tips throughout the podcast series and the episodes that I'll be dropping. You know, I've talked a lot about manifestation, but you can't manifest if you don't have the right mindset. And I'm going to be sharing a lot more tips with you on how to get that unbreakable mindset as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbreakable Mindset podcast with me, your host, Jude Don't. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do share with others. And it would mean a huge deal to me if you would rate, review, follow and subscribe on your podcast app. This will allow the podcast to keep growing and going to new audiences. And if you want to know all the ways in which you can work with me directly, please visit Don't coaching.co.uk the links will be in the show notes